So yeah, let's, chapter 3, I'm going to read from verse 1, we'll read all the way down to verse 16. I will not be preaching through the whole thing, but we'll be taking points out of it just quickly and looking through it, okay? So, Philippians chapter 3, let me read it to you. Again, don't have my glasses, so forgive me, okay? I feel like an old man, I'm like, oh, what does that say? Um, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For to me, uh, for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but it is for you safe. Beware of dogs. Beware the evil workers. Beware the mu- of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also may have confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks that he has more confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were to gain to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained or am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold on that which was or for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting all those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many are as mature, have this mind. And in, in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already obtained, let us walk in the same rule and let us be in the same mind. Amen. So again, I don't want to preach through all those verses, though it's very tempting. Really, I just want to encourage us in the Lord. As I was preparing this this week and and reviewing it again this morning, it really struck me the reminder here. I like when when Paul the preacher says finally and then he continues for another two chapters. It's a great license to us, isn't it? We hear our preachers, well and finally and then I go on for another hour. But I won't do that today. 
Paul wants to end the letter with this command. Rejoice in the Lord. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not even an exhortation. It's a command. Rejoice in the Lord. To rejoice. To be happy over something. Not necessarily that we feel bubbly emotion. Gosh, I have six kids, a wife, I live in Finland, I'm old, my eyes are going. I don't necessarily feel joyful all the time. But we are commanded here to rejoice. To be happy over, to find our source of joy in Jesus, in Christ. And he's reminding them, and he actually says here, for me to write the same thing to you is not tedious. It's not boring for me to repeat myself. Now you might find it boring when I repeat myself. But I repeat myself for a reason. Because it is to your benefit. And he's saying here, it's for your benefit that I tell you this. I know you know it. I know that I'm just saying the same thing again. You've been so long in the faith that you all know that we're to rejoice in the Lord. But he is saying that this is a living command. And I want to remind you that you are to rejoice in the Lord. Not in the things that you have done. And he goes on to clarify that. But there's also the second command. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. If you've been coming and you've been listening to Joel and to Daniel. And they've been talking about the... uh, the Judaizers, and those who considered themselves the, the circumcision. Daniel's been preaching it in his series. The Judaizers, they, they called the Pharisees those who said Jesus plus something else. It's by faith we are saved, but also by our works. Our faith is seen in our works and we do the things that show that we are saved. Or plus and here he's warning them that it's not that we are to rejoice in Jesus Christ plus the things that we have done this year. The successes that we have enjoyed or the success that we are in. We're not to rest upon our baptism or our, our baby baptism or our good deeds or giving alms to the poor or our success at praying for a full week. You know, oh, I prayed every day this week. Or the fact that we've read through the Bible this year two or three times. That we've, been, we've listened to sermons regularly and we, we've maintained some sort of spiritual level. He's encouraging us and reminding us that our joy is to be found in Jesus Christ and in his achievements and his works and efforts on our behalf. He is to be the source of our joy. Not how good you have been. Not how successful you have been. But something more. And I would go even further than that. I would say he's reminding us that our joy is not based upon our successes. But also it's not to be affected by our failures. I often look at myself and think, oh, I'm such a failure. You know, I'm a small, fat, bald Irishman living in Finland, blah, 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 blah. And it's very easy to see yourself negative. And I have noticed in Finland that that's a very common thing. The Yanti Log, 
kind of infiltrates everything that we do here. And we're kind of like, love him. And just, oh. And we fall into that bog, that swamp, that mire. Is that a trask? trask? You know? Of despondency. Where we're just sad in ourselves. Whether it's the weather, whether it's the, the snow, whether it's the darkness, whether it's just our, uh, the claustrophobic kind of culture here where we all sense that people are watching us. And we're very aware of what they think. Our joy can be affected by that. By outward controlling factors. But the apostle or the Holy Spirit through the apostle here is saying to the people in Philippi that their joy is not to come through their successes or to be taken away by their failures. Their joy is to come through the victory, through remembrance of, by focusing on the success of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul goes on here and where he talks about the I press forward. Again, I have to, I, I promised myself I wouldn't preach very long, so I have to be careful that I don't flesh up my notes too much. I press on. At the, this is not really a Christmas service, this is a, at the end of the year service where we kind of take reflection about what we've done. But where we were at, and we put it into perspective. Paul here, after reminding the, the Philippians of his pedigree, of, of his uh, CV of achievements, all the things that he had done, all the things that he was born with, and how great it is, and he says that he did, regards them as nothing. And we know that that word rubbish really means vice. He regards all of those things which the world would look at and say, fantastic, your CV is impeccable. He says, I look upon them and think vice. Think baby blower, you know, that stinky nappy. That's his, he doesn't regard them as having any worth or credibility to him anymore. But all he desires is to know Jesus Christ and to glory in the things that Jesus has done. And is doing. And will do. And so he says to them that he presses on. He forgets about the things that are behind. Verse 13. For I do not count myself as having apprehended. But one thing I do. Forgetting the things which are behind me. And reaching towards the things which are ahead. We often think that's negative. You know that well you know. All the failures that I've gone through this year, all the, the not meeting the, the standard that I would like, not living the Christian life and, and to the extent that I would like to, I kind of forget about them. I kind of put them in a drawer somewhere, put them in the bin and I forget about them. But really Paul is saying all of the victories that I have won, all of the awards, all the accolades, the crowns, the the victories, everything. I put them away. All the things that I count as acceptable, I forget about them. I reset anew. I begin again. 
The things that are behind are behind. And all I have to do now is focus on the future. We all know that it's not really how you begin a race that counts. It's how you finish a race. You know, you can begin well. You know, when I'm on the running machine in the gym with Martin, hmm, the first five minutes, I'm brilliant. See, on that running machine, I'm great. Gets to the, the, the second five minutes, and I'm like, oh, the legs starting to go. Gets to the third five minutes, and I'm like, no, the sweat's starting to go, and the foot's sore, and all the bits. Gets to the last five minutes, and that's hard. Oh, that last five minutes, you know, where you're watching, the, you've been trying not to watch the little counter, you know, with its counting down. And all of a sudden, those last three, two minutes, and you're watching every second go by, I can do it, I can do it. Very tempting, you know, well, I've done this much, I don't have to go any further, and you push the stop button and you jump off. It's very tempting, very easy to do that. It's not how you begin that's important, it's how you end. And here the Apostle is telling us, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle is telling us that this coming life, this year that is to come, how we lived last year with its victories or its failures has no meaning anymore. That's not to be our focus. We're not to be entrapped in the past. And we can do that, can't we? We're, we're, we're human beings. We live in the past. I've been telling my, my, my lovely wife and my kids that the voices are back in my head these days. You know that, uh, Not that I'm mad, but you know, the echoes and memories of the past and I'll, I'll, I'll rehash situations. I'll talk with the phantoms. Sarah says, he actually answers them back. I do, I know, I'm silly. But we, we, we get so hung up on the things that have happened. We get so caught up in conversations that we've had with people that we stay there. We don't go further. We don't, get, we don't leave them behind and move on. Forgive and forget and press on. Or the victories that we had. Those times when people say, well done, aren't you great? And we're like, oh, chest going up. Oh, super. And we live in the good feeling that we had from that experience of that victory, of that good point. And we stay there. And then all the rest of life pales in comparison to that one great experience. But the Holy Spirit through the Apostle is saying that I press on. I am making a, an active effort to leave the things that have happened last behind. And I'm pressing on. My life is before me, not behind me. He is rejoicing in the Lord. He's not trusting in his own efforts, his, his successes, his achievements, his pedigree. He's not thinking that, oh, I've arrived, I'm finished. I don't have to do anything else anymore. But he's saying here that there is an active part of this life that we press on. We leave that which is behind with its High points and low points behind us. And we press on. And this is the point. For all those things he's saying. He's saying that I know I try and live. In such a way. As to achieve these goals. Not, not in a way where I just sit. And I'm just happy. Or I've done, I've done my part. I've done all that I can do. I don't have to do any more. 
He's saying that even though he's to be rejoicing in Christ and not in his own efforts, not affected by success or not affected by failure, but rejoicing over what Jesus has done for him, he's to be pressed on now. From verses 12 to 16, now he is to live in such a way as to try and win. In a way that brings effort. You can't just sit on your hands. You, know, you can imagine the, 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 Philipp- the Philippines, I was going to say the Filipinos. <gasps> you can imagine these Roman citizens here in this city. Yeah, it's a way around it. Thinking, this, well, Jesus has done it all. I don't have to do anything. This is fantastic. I'm happy. I just have to sit here and enjoy the benefits. Yet the Holy Spirit through the Apostle is telling them, no, 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 no. You don't get to sit on your hands. You, just don't, you don't get to, to live in the failures or the successes of the past. You don't let them dictate to you how you're living your life now. Now you live in such a way as to bring glory and honor to Christ. To live in such a way as to, to try and win a prize. To achieve we don't believe in works-based salvation. Of course we don't. We all know that. But here Paul is almost saying that we're to live in such a way as to win our salvation. He doesn't believe that. He's just gone through and expressed it. But he's saying that he's not going to live in such a way as he does nothing. Forget that which has happened. Concentrate on living in such a way to bring honor and glory to Christ. To live in such a way as to draw close to Christ. Make it your ambition to hunt down Jesus and gain more knowledge, more joy, more peace, more happiness, more satisfaction. To be more useful to Christ. Make it your ambition this forward life. To know him in the, in, the, in the intimate form. I think that's very fitting for us at the end of the year service. That we forget about last year. Or this year. We forget about all the things that we've gone through. Our, our victories, our, our failures, our mediocre. Just kind of every day. Remember it was... Um, J no old um, Chambers who said that it's it's not the not the controversies that kill Christ, Christians. It's the grey porridge day of the everyday. It's the boringness. Some people are addicted to drama and they love when things are burning down, you know, or they love when there's floods, they love when there's something happening, oh, and they have to do something. But when everything is normal and peaceful and, and prosperous, and they're enjoy- well, that's when they enter into idol worship. That's when they, they begin to seek after sin. That's when they begin to, to try and uh, feed their sweet tooth of controversy. Let us leave the past behind. Let's not live in the situations that we've had, the controversies that we've had, or the the nothings that we have had, the great nothing. Let us rejoice in Jesus Christ. Let us have him always before us in our eyes. He stands waiting for us to come. It's not like God is just saying, you'll seek me. He said, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
He is more willing and wanting of us to come and to share time with him than we are to actually seek him. So beloved, in closing, let's put the past in the past. Let's not focus on things that have happened, whether they're good or bad or mediocre, whether you feel a success or whether you feel a failure. The Holy Spirit, through the apostle, tells us that we're to forget about the past. We, we are to actually take steps and measures to put it behind us. I like that expression, to put it behind you. And that we are to make it our active ambition to live a life that brings glory and honor to Jesus Christ. To become something new if we need to become something new. To regain new accolades and honors. To create new habits, new lifestyles if we've been prayerless. And Bible-less for the last X amount of months or years. Put that behind you and begin again. Begin afresh and anew. Don't let the past dictate your future. If you've been focused on you and what you have done. Or what you haven't done. Stop. Put it behind you. Look onto Jesus. Make it your ambition this year to be different. To honour him, to glorify him. Let us seek as a church, as individuals and as a church, to glorify God in the way that we are supposed to. Amen? Amen. Amen.